The Spin-Off Podcast Network. You're listening to Business is Boring, a podcast that reckons it's anything but. Business is Boring is brought to you by SparkLab, offering inspiration and practical advice to help businesses find their edge. To hear more about SparkLab, including details about the latest events, workshops, and business tools, visit sparklab.co.nz. And now, here's your host, Simon Pound. Kia ora koutou katoa, and welcome to Business is Boring. Allbirds is one of the great Kiwi-born success stories. They have come from the bottom of the world with the support of a Kickstarter to launch to now lead an industry-wide conversation about measuring, reporting and reducing carbon and using more sustainable materials. With 25 billion pairs of shoes made a year and synthetic and petrochemical-derived materials the norm, there is a lot of carbon and planet impact to influence. At the end of 2011, Allbirds listed on the US stock market, raising hundreds of millions to further their mission. The shares went up a lot and then have been caught up with the pullback on growth in retail stocks. But the company still has a big war chest and a huge mission to fulfil. And part of that comes from launching products that can lead the industry, like their moonshot, the first zero carbon shoe. To talk that process, moving past sustainability to regeneration, the role of New Zealand in that, and what's next, Tim Brown, co-founder and co-CEO, joins us now. Tēnā Tim. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having us. Hey, so since the last time we talked, uh, Allbirds back then was a private company, and now you've gone public uh, with a, with an IPO. What does that allow you to do, having that structure? And what does the funds, what do the funds you've raised allow you to do? Yeah, uh, well, thanks for thanks for having us. Yes, it's been it's been quite the roller coaster since we went public uh, a year ago. We we were able to do that with uh, a sustainable public offering framework which allowed us to, to bring our environmental values to the public markets in a really meaningful way. Uh, everyone will be familiar maybe with the topic of ESG. It is increasingly an important um, uh, topic uh, in the world of finance, but often uh, it favours reporting and it favours big companies. So we were able to, as a newer, smaller company, bring a set of standards that we're really, really proud of. So we planted a flag around that and we were also able to, to raise some money to double down our, on our investment in materials, to grow our retail footprint, uh, and it's, you know, it, it's, it's a real privilege to be playing really on the ultimate stage in, in business as a business, uh, you know, that's had purpose and profit at the, at the centre of how we thought about things from the beginning. And quite a tension, right, in that so much of the public markets are based on short-term thinking, like the next quarter and the next, uh, you know, earnings call, while you have a very long-term vision. How do you balance that? Yeah, I, I think there's always a there's always a tension between those two things. Um, you know, I, I, it's not dissimilar in, in some ways from my previous life as, a, as an athlete um, playing sport. You, you want to win every game. Of course you do, but the reality is you don't. But in the fullness of time, the best teams win the season. <laughs> and and, and so, so you have to balance uh, a need to deliver 
uh, in the short term, and uh, and we were incredibly focused on that. But also uh, the belief that you're seven years since we founded Allbirds, seven years into a hundred plus year journey that you know to build a, a brand that really shifts a category uh, towards sustainable and natural materials, and that's what we believe we're, we're, we're doing. We've got a long way to go to prove that. Um, but you know, uh, I, again, from my sporting days, pressure is a privilege. That's, uh, this was started as a Kickstarter campaign. It was an idea that no one believed in for a long time. And now we're a company, you know, with North of a thousand employees and a global platform, uh, and, uh, and a long way to go, a lot to prove, but, uh, you know, a lot to be proud of too, in terms of where we're at. And how are things advancing on that mission because there have been some really interesting new initiatives, some that touch home to New Zealand, uh, like the work with ZQ Marino. Yeah, well, I mean, one of the things we're most proud of is that we made, uh, you know, sort of 19 uh, areas of focus around our sustainable public offering framework and and we're reporting on all, all of those and delivering on all of those as we planned. And so we're really proud of that. We've also got a, a long-term sustainability commitment we call our flight plan that commits to halving our carbon footprint in half by 2025 and taking it as close to zero as we possibly can by 2030, which, you know, is really one of the most detailed, if not the most detailed out there in the, in the footwear industry and, and uh, has some really aggressive time timeframes and very um, specific uh, and very transparent um, goals that we're shooting towards. So uh, we're rallying around that. And I, you know, I think at the heart of that is a commitment um, to make, carbon and carbon footprinting our north star around sustainability uh and to do that um you know we really needed to be very innovative with the use of low carbon or even negative carbon materials and at the core of that is a a project we worked on with our our long-term partners new zealand marino who have been real visionaries in this area and represent uh, a network of farms uh that uh, you know represents about 15 percent of new zealand's agricultural landmass and we've been working with them on a on a regenerative uh uh fibre program that is at the core of, of a lot of the work that we're doing and the basis of a really important project we're going to release in a few weeks, actually. What does regenerative farming mean in this context? Well, it's funny you say that. A couple of years ago, you know, I jumped on the phone and, 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 and spoke with a lot of those growers and there was a little bit of a, a hullabaloo. Uh, you know, regenerative oftentimes, you know, in, in, in the minds of, of the farming community not that uh, long ago was equated with, you know, sort of hippies and alternative uh, ways of, of thinking about, about farming. And, uh, you know, I was able to, you know, I think convey to them with my, my Allbirds hat on that this was really about economic opportunity. It was about the future not only of farming but also of the environmental movement. And now let's be clear, if they're a better part of a generation, it's not many New Zealanders that have been growing up uh, wanting to be, um, you know, to be farmers. And more moreover, the farming community has often been held up as an enemy of the environment. And my message was was really, hey, the world is changing. There is a pivot back away from synthetic uh, fibres derived from petroleum, back towards natural materials. And moreover, uh, regenerative farming principles we're starting to understand is one of the single biggest levers that we can pull to reverse the impact of climate change. So this is an economic opportunity, but it's also an opportunity to hand this land over to the next generation of people that want to be part of creating the future. So it's, as a New Zealand, they're an incredibly, uh, you know, uh, a special message and a special project to be working on and uh, incredible credit to the New Zealand Merino Company and to their growing network who have, who have jumped in and 
really done some incredible work to, to mobilize their community in the last couple of years. It's like this idea that just being sustainable isn't sustainable, right? Because that's that's just like uh, treading water when we've got a bigger challenge than that and things like being regenerative come into that. So what does that mean in practical terms? Like what are these farms doing to to leave things better than they are, not just kind of staying at an equilibrium? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, uh, I think it's a great question. And sometimes we get caught up in words like sustainable and regenerative at the end of the day, people don't want to buy sustainable products. They want to buy great ones. But uh, I, I would strongly make the case that you can't buy a great product today unless it's deeply considerate of the environment and the communities in which it's built. And, 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 and um, you know, so uh, similarly, a word like regenerative um, can, you know, has, a, has its basis in, 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 in some real science, which is, you know, let's understand um, each farm is unique. Uh, that there is different ways to, to farm, but also most importantly, we need to measure each each property to understand the unique carbon footprint of the fibre that's coming uh, out the gate. Um, wool, 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 or, or farming is a little bit like saying cars. There's electric cars, and then there's gas, gas guzzling hummers. That's, it's a broad term, and each property is different. And uh, we're starting to understand the impact of cover crops and uh, rotational grazing and all the various things that might go into uh, a farm actually uh, storing or sequestering more carbon than it's emitting. And, and so we first have to measure that. And New Zealand Marina have done some incredible jobs with, uh, you know, to start to develop um, some technological solutions with some partners uh, you know, to measure that really efficiently. Um, and for us, that's really important because we're making pledges through our flight plan to lower the carbon intensity of the fibre that we use. So we need to partner with these growers. And oftentimes what we're understanding is that these farms that have been labelled you know, uh, you know, as producing high carbon fibre are actually producing much lower uh, carbon fibre than they thought, but we just never had measured it before. So this, all this is happening in real time. It's happening quickly. Um, but the, the, key, the key message to understand um, if you're a grower is that, you, you know, you can make – um, uh, you can make something that's worth more money and in, 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 and you can be part of the future because increasingly the fashion industry is waking up to the need to not only shift from synthetic to natural fibres but also to measure their carbon footprint and to leverage regenerative materials that have low or negative carbon impact to improve their overall business footprint. And, um, and this is a really, really powerful way to do that. One cool thing that you've consistently done as a company is pioneer things like this and then open source them to the industry, whether it be carbon labelling, uh, this kind of process, or the sweet foam, which is the material used for your um, jandals and, and some other things that you're working on, right? Tell me about how you open sourced that to the rest of the industry and how that actually makes kind of business sense, even though, you know, traditionally what you'd do with something you would pioneered for yourself is keep it for yourself. Well, let's just be really clear, just in the context of regenerative agriculture, Allbirds is not, you know, doing um, the pioneering here. That's the growers. That's New Zealand Merino and the growing network. We're shining a light on uh, a consumer need and, and, and an understanding that carbon footprints are important. But a lot of times they've, they've done this work and they've been doing it for generations. They've just never got credit for it. So, you know, credit to them there. Um, and as it relates to sort of our broader approach to innovation, yeah, we're, we're bringing um, new products to market, whether it be a plant leather or a, 
or a new material like sweet foam that you mentioned that won a bunch of awards that was uh, based on the, the waste stream of the production of ethanol to create a, a, a bio-based uh, midsole foam um, material that you know won a bunch of awards and was really important for us. And I think it's a great example of where purpose and profit can intersect. We made that open source not only because we knew that the more people that use this material, the better off the environment would be, and it's a it's a material that's used a lot uh, in footwear EVA, and to make it from a, a bio-based alternative was better for the environment. But we also knew that by you know the more companies that used it, um, the cost would come down, and we were able to 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 put what's called a favoured nation term in the agreement that allowed us to always capture the best prices. We as we went first and then invited others in. So there's now north of a, um, 100 companies globally using that material um, and it's created efficiency while at the same time, you know, allowing this material to be more broadly adopted in a, in a footwear industry that makes 25 billion plus pairs of shoes a year. Um, and Allbirds is a tiny speck on a, on a, on a, hu- on a huge uh, uh, market. So we want to live our... Our, our purpose, but we want to also look for opportunities where we can, you know, drive business efficiency. And oftentimes those two things are the same. And that's why I think when you hear a, a word like sustainable, you sometimes assume, Simon, that it's it's more expensive and less good. And I think we need to swap that and see it more as uh, a transformational shift in the in the way that we make products and services uh, and that it's full of economic and innovation opportunity. And we'll be back with Tim to hear about his new role, their moonshot, and what's next. Spark is proud to partner with the Sustainable Business Network and the Climate Action Toolbox. The free Climate Action Toolbox can provide you with simple step-by-step guides to measure and reduce your emissions. Help lead the way to a low-carbon future for New Zealand. Visit sparklab.co.nz forward slash sustainability to find out more. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited, and of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Hokimai anō, we're back with Tim Brown, co-founder and co-CEO at Allbirds, and now lead of the Futures team. Tell me about that. What's a Futures team and what does it mean for you and the change in what you deliver at the company? Yeah, look, I, I mean, you're constantly, when you're growing a company, um, having to reinvent yourself. And and I started the business before I even met my co-founder um, in an apartment in Cuba Street in Wellington while I was still playing football. Uh, and I had a dream that, uh, uh, that there was... Um, a big potential to create a shoe out of uh, merino wool in a way that hadn't been done before. And uh, quite a number of people 
uh, laughed at that idea and probably with good reason at the time. But we worked and we we built it, and now the company's much bigger. And, and along the way, I'm I'm constantly sort of revisiting, uh, uh, you know, how I can best make the contribution to the team. And I've I've shifted my role to, to focus on, uh, you know, our internal culture, our partnerships. Um, and, and also uh, our innovation, our, our long-term future uh, projects. Um, it's really, really near and dear to my heart. And uh, the core of it, you know, are things like the partnership with New Zealand Merino and, and our work with them on uh, really uh, adopting regenerative wool across every aspect of the product that we make to, to meet the commitments of our flight plan. And it's incredibly exciting and it's been the basis for uh, a new product that we're, we're going to release built off, off that material um, that we call our moonshot project, uh, which is something that's been the basis of three or four years of work from a small in- internal innovation team to d- deliver the world's first carbon zero shoe. So it's a, it's a big deal for us. Yeah, tell us about that moonshot. Uh, as you've had a couple of things on the way there, hey, like the the lowest carbon footprint shoe uh, known and measured, and now you've gone carbon zero. Yeah, well, the, the first thing is that every sort of object that we use and uh, has a carbon footprint. Um, that's the thing that connects me to you, New Zealand to America, the footwear industry, uh, you know, to the transport industry, and it all rolls up to a, a global number that we've got to reduce. So everyone's connected to that, whether they're aware of that or not. And we've started to label every product that we make with the kilograms of carbon that are emitted in the production. Think of that like calories on food. Um, it's not the whole answer to a healthy diet, but it's an important North Star for under, understanding the impact of the product. And um, that's you know really one of the first to do that in the footwear industry. It's something we're really proud of, and it started to become the basis of, of how we've innovated. And, uh, and when you understand that carbon footprint, you understand that you've got to introduce new materials and lower carbon intensity methods of manufacturing and shipping and transport and packaging. You have to think and consider every detail. And it becomes... Uh, a really exciting creative opportunity, and it attracted uh, Adidas, uh, you know, uh, to to work with us in a partnership. And we did that for for a couple of years with those guys, and incredible respect for for their commitment to try and learn from a young new business and move faster. And so we committed to try and uh, release the lowest carbon footprint shoe that we could, and it landed at two point nine four, which is half a hamburger. Just to put that in perspective, we were really proud of that, and I think our team walked away and said, "Oh no, I think we can go a step further. We can get to zero. Um, if we can put a man on the moon, we can make a pair of shoes and a t-shirt with zero carbon impact. That was kind of the, the gist of it. And, um, and so we've been working on that. And, and on, uh, the 21st of, of, of March, we're going to announce that, that, that we've got there and we're going to release the, the first, uh, reveal the first prototypes of that in, uh, in June at the, at a big, uh, global fashion summit in Copenhagen. Yeah, that's so cool. And what other products can you bring that zero carbon regenerative approach to? Like you talk about footwear and um, apparel, you know, you've started to do um, some clothing uh, and, and the like. Like what, what are you, you know, acting as this kind of like leader and exemplar in an industry, where else could all, all birds go? Oh, well, you know, we're just focused on on, on shoes at the moment and, and we're doing some stuff in apparel, um, but really, uh, you know, our DNA is, is in shoes and, um, but we hope this will be an example for others to follow. Um, on the back of uh, the partnership with Adidas, Asics, um, the storied footwear brand, released a, uh, a low-carbon footprint shoe. Fantastic. Um, we've had so many people reach out to us saying, hey, 
we want to learn, we want to understand, we want to, you know, and so we've made our, our carbon calculator, that, which is really an internal tool that we created. We've made that open source. You can still go on our website and download that. Um, incredible uh, interest. Um, and, and, and you're starting to, to, to see this pivot, which is incredible. You know, in many ways, the scientists have done their job. <laughs> They've identified that we need to both measure the impact of the products and that there's a, there's a problem. We have to re- reduce the impact of the way that we live. And, and now you're seeing particularly the design community uh, kind of connect to that and see it as a creative problem. Uh, and they're starting to, to crave knowledge and understanding. And I like to think we've played a little bit of a, a part in that. And, and hopefully this project is an example, you know, hey, this is possible. Um, you've got to do the work. Uh, I think people want ice cream in this moment, Simon. They want to, you know, they want to quick, quick solve this. There's, you know, uh, there's no, this is a game of inches and hard work. Um, and then, you, you know, you connect with the, the New Zealand Merino growing community and you find these incredible pieces of land and these incredible farms that are doing this work, producing the fibre that, you know, as a Kiwi is, is leading the world. And you think, okay, you know, all of this is possible. You just got to, you got to connect a lot of dots. You've got to commit to it and you've got to do the work, but the, you know, the, it is possible. And and so I'd like to think that, you know, we can keep going with that. And, and, and hopefully this attracts a whole bunch of other people too, that, that want to do it better than we are. And how do you keep your, you know, cause it is such a big job and you are so early in, but how's it been for you personally as well with keeping the morale high and the mission front and center when, you know, from the outside, it looked like the first couple of years were a real fairy tale. And then the last couple of years with the public markets and the IPO and, um, you know, big economic headwinds and fluctuating share price and stuff like, how does that stuff, um, how do you manage that personally and keep that big mission in mind? Oh yeah, I, you know you've got to remember where you come from. Um, I mean, I, I, I launched this business on the back of three or four years of work uh, while I was still playing football for the Phoenix, dream of going to a World Cup with New Zealand. I visited a footwear factory for the first time uh, uh, that I found online. I didn't know what I was doing. I had a, an inkling of a of an idea. And, you know, seemed to people were coming out of the woodwork to tell me it was rubbish and it wasn't going to work and launched it on Kickstarter with um, uh, 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 the help of my brother and uh, 700 bucks on a family friend's farm in Pahatanui off Gray's Road. So most days are a, are a bonus. The fairy tale is very, very much alive. Uh, we're now a public company uh, with a whole bunch of pressure and expectation and new challenges, but... Look, I you know no one's gonna no one's gonna tell me that I haven't been extraordinarily lucky and that I uh, I'm not uh, living some sort of dream and um, and it comes with responsibility and so you you're constantly having to reframe that and uh, and, and 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 reset the mission and and then or just remember also too that you're really really uh, you know privileged to have, have got this far and equally there's so much further you could take this. What's your advice for people who are trying to? establish a new idea and a culture or, you know, start, you know, act as an exemplar, you know, to, to, to bring about the change. Like how do you keep going and how do you keep finding ways to, uh, to, to land it in the culture? Well, I've, you know, I've been really fortunate um, and I had a, a, a platform and a space when I was playing sport to explore this, but, you know, I, I was pretty sure um, it seems to me uh, – what an incredible privilege and opportunity if you possibly can to be working on something that you care about. And um, maybe not just because um, you're making a contribution uh, possibly to, to ideas or 
the community or, or things that are bigger than yourself, but also probably because if you feel that on some level, you're going you're gonna to perform at a better level. Um, you know, I, 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 it's not without risk. It's not easy. It's not for everyone, certainly in the context of entrepreneurship. Um, and I've, I've been fortunate in so many different ways. But, you know, the one thing I would sort of say is, uh, you know, I, I think um, certainly in the, in, in, in the early stages of bringing an idea into the world, I think it's almost natural in human nature to, to seek feedback and um, to get a lot of advice. Uh, and when I look back on, on my early journey, I did that and I did that profoundly and transparently and honestly. But there's also a little uh, uh, part of you that's that's got to kind of ignore some of it or a lot of it and do what you want to do because that's just what you want to do and that's who you are and the world be damned. And usually the best ideas, uh, the people that know the most disagree with them on some level or think that they're not going to work or think that they're, they're too small or too big. And so you've got to just sort of trust that and, and push it. And and it's funny, just just as I've, I've been wanting to quit or just a bit about to to give up, that's usually when something's broken through. So, um, you know, you, you, I, it's entirely possible, and I won't, I won't result, <laughs> divert to revert to cliche here. But um, that's been that's been my story. Is I've just trusted that little voice and pushed it a little bit further, and and then you know been able to step up to the next level. Yeah, love it. And I've you know heard before from you that you know, this was an idea that was wrong for a long time before it was right. And like, you know, having that conviction to, to, to carry it through. And as a final thought, what will success be for you now with this bigger platform and ability to, to deliver? Well, uh, you know, I've always, I've always kept that pretty simple. Um, you know, are you, uh, are you enjoying yourself? Have you got a smile on your face? Um, more often than not, uh, it's not all easy. But that's pretty important. Uh, you're making some sort of contribution, um, you know, uh, beyond just yourself. And, and I think in the DNA of this brand and business, I've been really fortunate um, to always have that very, very clear in my mind. And then, you, you know, you're working with, with people that are, that are great, that you respect, that, you, you know, that aren't just always your friends, that are challenging you too, that you're learning from. And very, very fortunate to say all, all of those are true. So just keep rolling um, and, and, and just keep going, you know, going back to the work and, and there's a, there's a lot of joy that comes from, from deep creative work that's challenging. And there's a lot of talk at the moment around sort of, you know, work and life balance and all this, you know, which assumes that sort of work is bad and life is good. And uh, it's more complicated than that. Um, but when, you, when you're working on something that really means something with a group of people, um, uh, and I've had the fortune, good fortune of being able to do that in sport and um, in business, it, that doesn't get much better than that. And we've certainly... Uh, not on every day, but on, 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 on our best days, had that at all birds. And that's, that's a feeling I want to keep feeling. Yeah, love it. Well, thank you for sharing uh, the story so far. Look forward to seeing where you take it next, Tim Brown. Well, always a privilege to chat with you, mate. Thank you for having me. So thank you to Tim Brown, to you for listening, and for everyone who helps make this happen, like our producer, Samuel Robinson. Do follow Businesses Boring wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to rate and leave a review if you like what we do in Nohora. From the Spinoff Podcast Network, that was Businesses Boring, brought to you by SparkLab. Make sure you're following Businesses Boring wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information on SparkLab, visit sparklab.co.nz. Kia ora e te iwi, te Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. 
If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a spin-off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.